Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. For the Toddcast tonight, I said we're going to do something a little bit different. Does anyone notice that mess? What is that? Dirt? I'm going to vacuum it up quick. It's okay. Sorry, just, just bothering me. I'm one of those guys that just, you know, I don't know, just bothers me. So I'm going to vacuum real quick. That's part of the podcast. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to ask those questions. Do you have OCD by any chance? I have really bad OCD, but I'm going to vacuum it up, and I, that'll take care of it, and we'll, like we'll move on. So let's turn this on. It smells like Pepe. All right, you're going to help me, Tana? Wow, this bag is not very good. Does someone know, why isn't this working? There is a problem though, Tanner. What is the problem? Oh, not plugged yes, in. Yes. Not plugged in. Would you turn plug that in for me, Tanner? If you want to get zapped, I will. Well, I don't want to get zapped. And I don't want to I don't want to zap you either. Okay, that didn't work. Alright, we have technical difficulties. He's gonna plug in it somewhere else. Okay. I promise there is points this. There we go. Okay. Now, that went a lot better. We got those coffee grounds. It's three eyes on the side. All right. Okay, yes, there's a point to that. You guys are all wondering what is going on here. It's a setup. You guys, wow, good job. You guys know me well enough by now that I was going to play some kind of trick on you. It smells like coffee. My mom used this illustration once when she was talking about the Word of God, and it, it always just stuck in my mind that when you're not connected to the power, it doesn't matter what you try to accomplish in this life. And it's like vacuuming without it being plugged in. You can vacuum all you want, and it will never work because you're not connected to the power. We talked about on Sunday how God's Word is, is full of power, and hopefully that stuck in your minds because it's stuck in mine. And even though I'm the one preaching it, it was a lesson to me. And so tonight for the Toddcast, I'm going to do something a little bit different tonight. Before I get to it, though, we talked a couple weeks ago, I think it was, about, about your favorite superhero or superpower. I'm going to ask you the opposite question tonight. Who's the best bad guy of all time? Satan. Satan. That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> Ivan, you want to answer too? Satan. Okay. Satan's obviously the champion of bad guys. Who is, let's just go a little bit more juvenile. I know you guys are a little bit too deep, actually. Let's think in the realm of like superheroes and their superhero bad guys. Who are some of the best bad guy superheroes? Who is it? I, I still didn't hear it. Darth, Darth Vader. Yeah, he's a real good bad guy. Bad guy. Who else? Lex Luthor. Voldemort. Yeah. Ivan, who you got? Venom. The Joker. Yeah, the Joker's a real, really good bad guy. Um, what makes a bad guy a good bad guy? Smart, crafty, determined, e just just plain evil. Good answer. Well, there is a point to this. Um, I'm a sports fan, and generally speaking in sports, one of the best ways to learn how to defeat your opponent is by watching tape on them. They will actually watch tape on their opponents and find out where they're strong and where they're not so strong. A, to find out their strengths so they can stop them. B, to find out their weaknesses and exploit them. And that's what, a, that's what a good athlete would do is find out 
their weaknesses. Maybe you guys remember the Old Testament story of Samson and Delilah. You remember that one? Yeah. Samson, really strong guy. We talked about this. I don't believe he looked that strong. I could be wrong. But I think he probably looked like a normal guy, and he had supernatural strength. And Delilah, who was working for the other team, decided to find out where his strength came from. And once Samson eventually did tell her the truth, and she found out that it was his hair, she had bad guys come in and chop off his hair and take off all his power. And Samson lost his power that day, didn't he? Because that was the Nazarite vow that, that God had given to him, that's keep your hair long. And, and uh, she found out his secret, and she used it against him. And we have an enemy like that, don't we? We have an enemy who does that very similar thing. He tries to find out where we're strong so that he can get in the way of those things. And he tries to find out, especially where we're weak, so he can exploit those things. You guys remember, have you heard of the book, The Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis? It's a pretty famous book. C.S. Lewis, and it's, it's obviously a story. He's, he's telling basically a conversation of two demons talking to each other about about how to exploit Christians, how to attack Christians. And it's a very interesting book because, of course, it's just made up. But it, it's sort of a look sort of behind the curtain of what could and might happen in discussions about how the other side tries to trip up Christians. Well, I'm going to do something in sort of the same vein tonight, the same spirit. And I'm going to call this Toddcast tonight, If I Were the Enemy. Okay, now again, this is make-believe. I'm not working for the bad team, Okay. So let's remove that reality from there. But I, I'm going to call this If I Were the Enemy. And I, it's sort of a poem, even though it's not really written that way, but this is the best I could do. Um, if I Were the Enemy, and I'm just going to read this. If I were the enemy of Christianity, I would stay simple and faithful in my deceptions and attacks so as to not arouse suspicion. If I were the enemy of Christianity, I would locate the greatest source of power that could help the Christians, and I would take a two-pronged approach to keeping them from it. Firstly, I would do my very best to manipulate, pervert, and water down the power so that if and when they seek after the power, they find my version instead of the true version, and the impact would then be minimal. Secondly, I would do all I could to keep them from knowing and using the power because anyone who used God's power could accomplish a great deal of good, and as the enemy of Christianity, I couldn't afford that. If I were the enemy of Christianity, I would offer trades to the Christians. And I would offer them almost anything they desired as long as it meant they wouldn't use God's power against me. I would offer them more time, more pleasures, more freedom, more sleep, more opportunities to experience all that this world offers them. And for the casual Christian, I would expect that to be plenty to thwart them. But for the seasoned Christian, I would expect that to not be enough to, to thwart them from using God's power, so I would have to get more creative. I would offer them pipelines to the power that had rabbit holes installed in those pipelines, so they might go down a rabbit hole on their way to getting the power. For example, I would offer as many of these pipelines as possible. I would notice their behaviors and their patterns. I would offer them a pipeline that made sense according to their hobbies and habits. If they enjoyed watching a screen, I would offer them a pipeline to the power on a screen in hopes that they would end up being distracted by all the numerous other options available on that screen. If they enjoyed reading, I would offer them a pipeline to one of the very best authors of the day whose subject was about the power, hoping that reading about the power would be enough for them and offer them the same feelings as using the actual power. If they enjoyed music, I would offer them a pipeline to some of the finest musicians out there 
who would sing with great talent and flair about the power, hoping that satisfied these Christians long enough to not seek out the source of the true power. If I was the enemy of Christianity and I noticed that the Christians were relentless in their pursuit of getting and using the power, then I would need to make my most concentrated approach to deceiving these people. I would let them near the power. I would let them taste of the power. I would even let them begin using the power to a small degree, and then I would make absolutely sure that as much as it depended upon me, it ended right there. Every time they tasted of the power, I would make sure they tasted something bitter as well. I would remind them of their pains and their griefs. I would highlight something in their lives of pressing concern that they need to get done, that they haven't taken care of yet. I would put the image of someone in their lives that they dislike very much. I would make them sleepy, restless, anxious, distracted, and even, if possible, frustrated at God. So the next time they consider going near the power, they second-guess that decision. I want them to feel as if the power is a chore instead of a blessing. If I was the enemy of Christianity, I would do all of this in an effort to keep them from using the power, which has the potential to hurt and even destroy my agenda. And I would hope, just hope, that they would avoid it. Our enemy knows the power of God's word, doesn't he? He knows it very, very well. And we must pursue and have that power in our lives, no matter the cost to us. Because it's worth it. And because it can change the world for the glory of God through Jesus Christ. And that is the whole point of our lesson on Sunday. And the reminder from Psalm 23 is we aren't anything and God is everything. And the only way that we can function properly in this life is by having and using his power for his glory. And I hope that's an encouragement to you. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.